Hello, everyone, and welcome to Encourage Your Heart. Thank you so much for spending just a few moments of your time with me. I'm your host, Felicia, and I am honored that you chose me to be your voice of encouragement for today. Now, listen, the moments that we spend together are going to be filled with lots of love, lots of compassion, transparency, raw emotions. It's going to be a few laughs and quite possibly a few tears. But my hope is, well, you guessed it, to encourage individuals by sharing real life experiences and gaining an understanding of biblical principles that we can apply to our everyday life. That's right. It's a spiritual devotion filled with true encouragement, and it all awaits you in just a few moments. So this release is going to be a little different. I won't do a lot of talking. I just want you guys to listen and allow the music to help you to take your mind to a place to where you can let go of everything that's weighing you down. Welcome back. Hopefully you were able to get a release from whatever may be heavy on your heart and whatever's weighing on your mind at this particular moment in your life. Um, Sometimes life can come at us like a ton of bricks. I mean, flying bricks. (laughs) And we're ducking and dodging trying to get away from it. But all we're left with are the broken, fragmented pieces in front of us. And then we're stuck trying to figure out how and what and when and why and where to put those pieces back together and how and what and when and why and where to start over again. But see, the beauty in it all is that at least here on this station at Encourage Your Heart, 
Together we heal moment by moment. And if by chance, at this particular point in your life, all is not well, then just remember that all shall be well in the name of Jesus. So let's jump into our topic of discussion and hopefully it'll bring a little bit more clarity to our lives and bring even more understanding to our minds, right? I mean, the word says in all our getting, get and understand it. So here we go. So the title for our topic of discussion is the moment of truth, right? I'm sure we all have heard that phrase before, but what exactly does that statement, the moment of truth or a moment of truth mean? Um, In my opinion, the moment of truth is that period of time where the facts are in and the real has been given and a decision has to be made. It's time. It is time. It's that period in which we have to face the real, right? We have to face reality and there's absolutely no way around what's in front of us. It's the moment of reckoning that we cannot run away from. It is the moment of truth. Um, There's a quote by E.B. Staples and it says, the truth makes all things complete. It brings things to fulfillment and it brings things to an end. It completes the circle of life and reality. And I feel like what that um, quote is saying is that the fact that the facts that make all things final and true, the truth in and of itself. Hold on, okay, let me say this right. The facts make all things final and truth in and of itself takes our needs and desires and brings everything into full circle. Because think about it, facts are all real. They're necessary and they are the appropriate parts that we need to make the circle of our very existence whole, right? Now, if we want to take it to church, because in my opinion, like I told y'all last segment, Most quotes come from the word of God. So let's look at scripture, John 8 and 32. And in this scripture, Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So if we apply that scripture in comparison to that quote by E.B. Staples, what I feel like um, Christ was saying to us is know the facts and the facts will make you entirely free, not just free, but free in your mind, free in your spirit and free in your soul. And let me say this. The word of God can be interpreted in so many different ways, right? Um, It can be interpreted figuratively, spiritually, practically, metaphorically, and literally in so many other ways. And so when Jesus made this statement to some of the Jews who believed in him, he was speaking not only spiritually, but practically, right? He was talking about spiritual freedom, yes, because accepting who Christ is and why Christ came frees us from spiritual bondage. And if we follow the precepts of God's holy word, guess what? 
it frees us from eternal damnation. I'm talking about going to heaven where the streets are paved with gold. We're going to be feasting on milk and honey. We're going to be walking around heaven all day, high-fiving Abraham and, you know what I'm saying, giving Jesus the what's up, right? <laughs> um, so there's one more quote by a guy named Chuck Yeager. And he said, at the moment of truth, there are either reasons or results. So, again, my opinion is he's saying at the moment of knowing the real and the real making you free in your mind, you're either going to have an explanation for the real or a consequence because of the real. So to simplify it, I'm going to say it like this. The moment of truth, a moment of truth, however you want to say it, it brings us three things. Realization or accept acceptance, right? That's the first thing. We either realize or accept. The second thing is it gives us an explanation or a consequence. Or the third thing, it gives us a lesson or a revelation. So I want to break those three things down with some practical points so that we can pretty much get more clarity, right? So let's go to our first practical point. So our first practical point as it relates to the moment of truth is recognize. In order to realize or accept something, we got to recognize first that number one, there is actually a situation or an issue and that it does exist, right? We have to identify and recognize that the moment of truth is at hand and it's time to make a decision or to accept whatever the moment of truth has brought us. Now, how do I recognize that? How do I recognize that the moment of truth is upon me and that I have to make a decision or I have to accept the, the facts, the real, right? Well, Matthew verse seven, chapter seven, verse seven, it says, ask and it'll be given unto you, seek and it shall be found knock and the door shall be open to you. And so listen, truth is powerful. <laughs> I mean, when we recognize it, and even if we don't recognize it, the power of truth still remains. It's like the difference between thinking I've gained weight and knowing, recognizing that I've gained weight, right? <laughs> When I start paying attention to what's in front of me, my body, what I see in the mirror, I have to stop ignoring what I don't want to accept. I mean, think about it. I feel the changes in my body. I feel my clothes getting tighter. I see the fullness in my face is getting a little bit fuller or even a lot bit fuller. <laughs> and so many, I got so many aches and pains because of the additional pounds that I put on, right? So remember what I said earlier, the moment of truth brings me either a realization and acceptance, an explanation or a consequence or a lesson or, or a revelation, right? Um, so when I recognize that I've gained this weight, it makes me realize I'm unhealthy and I don't like the changes that are taking place with my body. So what do I do? I don't want to accept that. I don't want to buy new clothes. I don't want to continue to feel uncomfortable in my own skin and I'm not willing to em embrace this new body. Now I'm good. <laughs> so 
that's a consequence. The, the cons- this is a consequence of the weight gain. And that's caused me to change the features, right? That's caused the pain. So now I've learned a lesson. And that lesson is that I have to be consistent with my eating and my exercising and my eating habits. And I have to maintain a healthy lifestyle in order to get the desired appearance or weight that makes me comfortable in my skin. So if I look at that scripture, Matthew 7 and 7, asking it, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. This was Jesus talking to his homeboys, right? He was talking to his disciples and Jesus was explaining that, look, God loves us beyond compare. And he's a good, good father to each and every one of us, even when we don't deserve it, even when life be life. And even when the moment of truth is upon us, he's still a good father and we can obtain all that we need from God if we seek and find him. That means to look and pay attention, realize and acknowledge. And then we knock by presenting to God whatever the situation is so that he can open the door for us and present to us what it is that we're seeking him for. So we have to recognize that there is a situation, there is a problem, there's something going on before we can go to the next step, right? Which brings us to our second practical point. So our second practical point is acknowledge, right? Um, And an explanation or consequence is much more palatable. Like we, we can, we can digest it a little bit more when we can honestly admit why something happened or what part, if any, that we played in the moment that's upon us. Right. So, See, an explanation tells us what brought us to the moment of truth. However, a consequence tells us what the result of the particular situation that led us to the moment of truth will be. So let me let me give you an example. Right. Um, If you know that you drink frequently now or let's say you partake in any type of, you know, drugs or whatever, And sometimes you get to the point of being inebriated. You're slurring. You're not in your right mind. Um, You have to to take a drink or a substance just to get through the day or through the night. You can't function or you can't ease your mind without it. Right. You may have a problem. And the explanation of why you may have this problem is because you let's say you went through a bad breakup. Let's say it got so bad that you got a divorce or maybe you're dealing with a loved one who passed. You received bad news from the doctor with very, very bad diagnosis. Let's say you lost everything in a catastrophe. And because you don't know how to deal with it and you don't want to deal with the pain so you do different things like drink or different substances to numb the sting of reality and now it's starting to affect your job your livelihood your children and your family they're seeing this you've become unreliable i just gave you an example of why you may drink right that's the explanation 
So now here's the consequence. If you're the person that's doing this, with, let's just take drinking. Now you drink on the job or you're caught on social media, you know, having a wild night out, acting unruly while you were drinking. And now you're faced with disciplinary actions, right? Whether it's at work or at school or at church or somewhere because of your actions. This is the consequence for your drinking, right? Maybe you got fired or got put on administrative leave. But we have to try to figure out now how to help you get to the next step of healing, right? Well, how you do that is with this practical point number two, to acknowledge that I may just have a problem. You have to admit that you may need help to get through this. There's a scripture that says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. All right. Um, I think that scripture is Romans chapter eight and verse one. That scripture is so vital in the process of acknowledgement because so many times we condemn ourselves or other people tear us down and and we've gotten ourselves in a bad predicament. And so the the negative energy and comments from other people, um, it makes us feel so bad and we can't overcome the embarrassment or the ashamed, you know, or feeling ashamed or the condemnation that either they've put on us or that we've put on ourselves. And so we can't acknowledge it because we're afraid of how it looks or what people are going to say. And so there's no condemn. Jesus does not condemn us. He does not. He gives us the opportunity. That's why he said, you know, seek and He said, knock, you know, he's telling us what to do. So I want want to give you another example of of, of acknowledging. Okay, I want to take you to Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 17. And this is a story of the prodigal son, right? He asks his father, hey, daddy, can can I get my inheritance? And let me tell you, y'all, whenever I'm breaking down the word, I am paraphrasing. I want you to go back and read it for yourself. Um, I always read like the King James version, but then I also read like maybe a New Living Translation, uh, English Standard Version or a, a, a NIV version. Your choice. You read whatever, however you like. I'm just telling you what I do. OK, <laughs> so let's go to Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 17. And so prodigal sons like, hey, daddy, can I have my inheritance early? I don't want to wait till you die. I want to go ahead and get it now. And so. When his father gives it to him, shortly after that, he decides to leave home, right? And so he goes to this faraway country and he got beside himself. He started doing what he thought was living his best life. And so he did so much of the most that he spent everything that he had. And he found himself in the position of wanting things that he could no longer provide for himself. Um, He had absolutely lost himself in the world. And so he ended up getting a job and he was working for a man and he had to go out and feed the pigs, right? And so when he went to feed the pigs, hey, he was hungry. Remember, he, he don't have anything now. He done spent everything that he had and he's trying to work 
to make some money, to make something. And so he goes out there and he's feeding the pigs. And when he feeding the pig, he's looking at the slop and the husk. And he he thinking about like, man, like I want to fill my own stomach up. Like I want to, I want to eat this right here because he was hungry. But he couldn't eat what the figs, pigs were eating. And the man that he was working for wasn't trying to feed him. Nobody around him was trying to help him out. And so then verse 17 says, when he came to his senses, that means that he realized that the moment of truth was at hand. So when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. That was his acknowledgement. The prodigal son at that point, what he did, y'all, he acknowledged his current state of being, which was that homeboy was hungry, right? He had spent everything that he had. And that resulted in him getting his inheritance early and spending everything, right? That, that was the result. I'm sorry, it didn't result in him doing that, but it was the result of him spending everything that he had when he got his inheritance from his daddy early. So there's no doubt in my mind that he knew that he had lost himself completely and that the moment of truth was at hand. But he had a revelation because when you go when you go to the next scripture, which is um, verse 18, it went on to say, he said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And then he says in verse 19 and 20, I'm no longer worth to be. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. What does that say? It says that he not only realized he not only acknowledged, but the next step, which is our Practical point number three, he took action. He took action. So if the practical point is to take action, then we have to create a plan and put the plan in place by action. Um, James chapter two, verse 18, it says, yea, a man may say thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Listen, if I want to sum it up, I'm going to say faith without works is dead. We can want to, we can say our shouldas, our wouldas, our couldas, and we can believe in whatever we want to believe in y'all. But let me tell you something, working takes the action and you have to connect that with the factor of faith. You cannot have one without the other. Faith without works is dead. You cannot take action, which is to work and not have faith. And you can't have faith and not work and take action. It just don't work like that, y'all. So we must put a plan in place and we got to work the plan. Just like 
we did when we realized we had gained weight. I'm saying we because this is a us thing. I know I ain't the only one with a lot bit full face, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. So when we gained the weight and we decided that we didn't want to accept it and we didn't like the changes to our body, what did we do? We put a plan in place that consists of eating healthy and uh, exercise regimen, right? We did things to represent a healthy lifestyle change. So now we have to exercise the discipline and like Nike, <laughs> we got to just do it, right? And if we don't want to make changes, let's say if y'all don't want to make changes, then hey, Whatever your current situation is, is still the moment of truth, which means that you have been taught a lesson, right? And no action is needed. And there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes no action is still an action. So if the events that brought you to that current place taught you a valuable lesson and valuable insight and you've learned from it, then that's good. If you're content with your current place and you're content with how you look or whatever the situation is, then no action is needed. That's okay because you still follow the practical points of, you know, to number one, you recognize and number two, you acknowledge and you still learned a lesson. Now you have wisdom and understanding of how you got where you are. You understand where you are and you can use this as a stepping stone for growth or a reminder of what not to do going forward or a reminder of what to do. Or maybe just maybe you are so excited uh, about where you are and you don't want to take the actions and you decide, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to express a testimony to everybody to let them know what God has done in my life. Knowing that I only could get to this point by God because God helped me to realize and acknowledge where I am. And he was the one that gave me the strength to take the action, right? Listen, now I ain't saying that God, the one that's making you eat all that food to gain that weight. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is a moment of truth brings us realization or acceptance. Number two, we either get an explanation or a consequence. And number three, we either obtain a lesson or a revelation. And if we can be honest, y'all, sometimes we get all of that. It's not an or, it's and, right? But it's at the moment of truth that we have to put the steps of realizing where we are, acknowledging what we got, and then putting the action into the situation, right? And allow it to take place and unfold. If we can accept just where we are, right? Some of us want to be like the prodigal son and come to our senses and say, hey, I got to go back home to my daddy because he got everything I need. And one thing about it, when he got back home, his daddy ended up throwing a feast for him, right? At the end of the day, we got to remember that faith without works is dead. That is James chapter 2, verse 26. That is our scripture of the moment. You have to do the work as you believe in the power of Christ 
to change the outcome of your situation or as you appreciate God for the lessons that you've learned in your situation and because of your situation. But either way, the faith and the works are both essential to your plan of recognizing, acknowledging, and taking action. I mean, we have to ask God for the help. That's the most important part. Even with this weight gain, weight gain, I have to ask God, God, I need your help to exercise self-discipline. I need your help. Lord, I need you to deliver me from being a foodie. <laughs> I need your strength. I need your guidance. You know, I need help with my mind. And I need you to help me to take action because I know that I can do all things but fail because I have you. And I believe that it's already done by faith and I'm going to put the work in place. And I pray that you bless it in Jesus name. Amen. Like we got to be real with these prayers, right? Because at the end of the day, if we don't put in the work, then it's pointless for us to believe. So in conclusion, I want to say to you, I appreciate you for tuning in to our very first episode of Encourage Your Heart. I want to thank you for spending just a few moments with me, Felicia, and know that I'm honored and blessed that you chose me to be your voice of encouragement for today. This week, be intentional. This week, be aware and be present in the moment, right? Write down the tools that you need to help you through the moments and apply them to your life. Don't forget to acknowledge God first. Seek him first and his righteousness as best you can. And if you fall short, ask him for forgiveness. And one thing about God is he will forgive you. I love you. And know that with Encourage Your Heart, moment by moment, we heal together. Be blessed.